This episode is powered by Tom DeLeo Day Financial Planning Services. On today's episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. Um, because I really look at therapy as like one tool to many things that we can do. I really help my client like see their power. Um, so cognitive behavioral therapy just means that um, I believe that a lot, a lot of times our thoughts are faulty um, because of our experiences. Um, and so I help break up some of those faulty thoughts um, and help people kind of clean their lens a little bit to see things clear. This episode is sure to deliver stimulating conversations and aha moments that may give you a fresh perspective. If any moment made your soul vibrate, please leave us a review and let us know if we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe and visit BlackGirlsGettingTheirShiftTogether.com to access exclusive offers and coaching packages. The coaching packages include clarity calls, VIP one-on-one exclusive coaching, and my absolute favorite, the Tribe Vibes. A Tribe Vibe is a twist on Ladies' Night, focusing on self-care for Black women with a holistic approach. Welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. I'm your host, Ursula, a transformation life coach and mental health and wellness advocate. This is a safe space for amazing Black women to share open, honest dialogue about mental health and wellness, self-care, self-love, and basically how to get our shift together. Let's tune in to this week's episode. Hi. (laughs) Hey, Celeste. Hi. Thank you. So congratulations. I can't believe it's going to be a year. That's crazy. Like, I'm like so, so excited that you like kept going Um, and you're pressing forward. And, you know, I hear about all of your wins and I'm just excited that it's going to be a year. This is so exciting. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for your encouragement on the back end. Uh, for those who do not know, Celeste is my mentor. <laughs> she is she is a, a world global renowned therapist. We're gonna get into her in a minute, but uh, she had me on her show. Oh, last September it was your season. I'll never forget because you were the first person that asked me to come on their podcast. Oh, stop playing. I broke your cherry. Busted wide open. <laughs> oh, snap. And it didn't even hurt. <laughs> I was nervous, but I went through with it. Couldn't tell. Couldn't tell. <laughs> so, yeah, Celeste, she's been encouraging me, and I've been encouraging myself as yes, well. Yes, you have. I have been. So, <sighs> we'll, matter of fact, can we talk about that? At, at the end of this show, so I can share with you some. It's other your stuff. show. It's your show. Whatever. So don't log off when we're done. But <laughs> everyone, just to let you know, Celeste, the therapist. Uh, first of all, if you have any questions for Celeste, I put the link so that you can come on live if you'd love to come on and ask Celeste a question. But today's topic is about 
finding a therapist and what to expect at your first therapy appointment. And ah, this is a loaded episode because a lot of people, several people, they contact me, they slide up in the DMs. And first of all, they're shocked that I've gone to therapy and that I'm open with it, which I wasn't before, but I realized that there's a stigma attached, which is the, was the genesis of Black girls getting their shift together. And several people never wanted to come on air just to ask because they were ashamed with the social stigma attached as well as the self-stigma attached as if it's embarrassed. So they'll ask me some questions and I can just give them my experience but I said, well, why not have a therapist come on? And <laughs> Celeste, she has, she's streamed over a hundred countries, I believe, with her podcast. She's been on Fox Soul, and she's one of the top black influencers of black mental health and wellness. So she's the perfect person to ask. So Celeste, do you mind telling everybody about you a little quick short bio? Yeah. So uh, again, thank you for having me. I always love being here with you. You know how I feel about you. Um, So I am 38. Uh, I got four kids, married. Um, I grew up, I didn't, I thought therapy was for white people. Um, I always like to share that piece um, because I recognize like the stigma. So I'm really big on meeting people where they are because I understand um, how hard it is to kind of, um, you know, admit that you're struggling when, you know, as an adult, it's, it's kind of like, imagine if we didn't know like ABCs or our colors. And then all of a sudden, like we're learning this stuff and it's like, oh, okay, that's how you spell words. Right. Like, so it, it feels like not knowing about mental health feels like you're doing life like hard for no reason, you know? So, um, you know, my goal really is to kind of help people um, get comfortable with expressing how they feel, um, acknowledging their emotions so that they can um, have a little bit of peace and joy in life um, because I think it's available for all of us. Absolutely. And what I love about you and your platform is that, which I also love with the shifting the mindset. And I also used to think that therapy was for rich people. I thought therapy was for white people. And I thought you had to always be in distress to have therapy. And that's not always the case. That may be, that is the case, but that's not only the case. Right. Right. And there's so many resources out here more than I knew. I had no idea So it's definitely accessible to people with or without insurance. Yeah. 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 So what made you want to become a therapist? Uh, So, you know, I think that um, I kind of fell into this field by mistake. I was talking to people and, um, you know, they would say, like, thank you for talking to me. Um, I had no idea that, um, you know, I had this like natural gift. I was talking to white men in a homeless shelter and I was a 19 year old black girl. So um, that kind of led me to recognize like I really enjoyed um, helping people. Um, And so I kind of, my major initially was nursing. I don't know what I was thinking because I can't do no blood or nothing gooey. I don't know. I was just thinking about that Monday. Um, So then I found out like, you know, you can go to school and become a therapist and I ain't got to deal with no blood. 
So, you know, I switched my major uh, to psychology and uh, the journey started from there. <laughs> and now look where you are. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. What's your clientele? Is it mostly men, women, um, younger, older? So, you know, I have a mixture. Uh, I think that when I initially started my practice in 2015, I was... Um, I uh, mostly uh, black females, I think. Um, And I think that, you know, through my like from 2016 up until now, like um, my social media presence, my online presence um, has allowed um, more people, genders, race, socioeconomic status to tap into me. Um, A lot of times when people um, connect with me, uh, they say, oh, you're just like you are like online. So um, for a few years, you know, I was going live before my podcast just to, um, you know, talk about mental health. And, um, and so like, uh, you know, I think my clientele just kind of looks different. It's not like one population or just females that, you know, I have males, uh, females, black, white, everyone comes to see me. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So we're going to get into the questions, but I'm going to share with everyone how you and I met. Mm-hmm. on the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so as I was going through my own personal development journey and I oh, I stopped watching TV for a year. Matter of fact, it was the weekend Kobe. I hate, oh, it hurts me. The weekend Kobe passed away, maybe a little before that. And I stopped watching TV and I just deep, deep dive right into podcast and I came across Celeste and I just did, I did a deep dive on all her podcasts. And at the time I was going to therapy and I remember I was listening to Celeste when I was at work. And so when I got home, I was just replaying what I heard on the podcast. And one of the one sentence she said, that was a game changer. She said, we go through life just living and surviving, but why not become a thriver when you want to thrive for yourself? And when she said that, I think I cried for 15, not I think, I know I cried for 15 minutes and I it was an experience. Anyway, I, I slid up in her DMs. She did. <laughs> And I told her in detail what I just told you all. And she returned. I couldn't believe it. She returned my message. And this was me when I read it, like, oh, she returned my <laughs> You know, I, I do. I get a lot of those messages and um, my heart just melts, you know, and just hearing you say it, you know, I, 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 that was over a year ago at this point. Um, I just remember reading it and thinking like, this is why I do what I do, you know? Um, and so like, I'm just grateful that you, um, shared your experience with me and that you even gave the podcast a chance, um, because like stories like yours are the reason why, um, I do this and because I went from surviving life to learning how to thrive. Uh, and so I think, uh, you know, a big reason why I'm, I'm so consistent and I do what I do is because I want everybody to have that experience. So, um, I really am grateful to you. (laughs) Thank you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, piggybacking on what you said, another statement you said, I believe you were talking to (laughs) Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) He is so fun. I love when you two get on. (laughs) 
this man's trolling. I hope he's gonna watch this. I would dedicate this show to the beard strut. But I remember you all were talking and you all said liking yourself to going to school and getting a C plus is okay, but why not strive to get an A? Mm -hmm. And same thing in life. Like you're okay, but why not be great? Yeah. Why not thrive? Yeah. And I think it's hard for people if, um, you know, you're surrounded um, by people that are um, not thriving. So your environment um, feels normal, right? Sometimes chaos feels normal for people if they've never experienced peace. Um, and so like my goal is, you know, when I see clients is to help them just kind of recognize that pattern of like, you know what, I, I find myself kind of content in chaos and um, helping them see a different um, story um, because they, they've only seen one story their entire life. Uh, so, I, you know, I have a lot of compassion for people that are like knee deep in it um, and, and to help them kind of like see themselves in a different way. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, do you see the question I posted on here by the lovely Tina Davis? Tina, we're going to get into that right now. Um, Celeste, you wanted to know, how do you find a good therapist? But I'm going to go, if you don't mind, and I have some notes. Okay. And um, yeah. we'll call this a beginner's guide to finding a therapist. Sounds so good. we'll start with Tina's question. How do you find a therapist? So, you know, I think that, so there's different ways to find a therapist. If you have insurance, you can actually contact your insurance, ask them for uh, a list of uh, therapists that are on your panel that take your insurance. Uh, so this is a, they can send you a list. Um, I'm on uh, multiple insurance panels uh, and periodically they check in with us to find out if we're still seeing people. Uh, so that's like one way. Another way is psychology today. Uh, on psychology today, you can actually uh, type in your zip code. You can type in the issue um, and even the insurance you have and um, search and look up their profile. Some people have their uh, company's website there. So you can kind of vet in that way as well. Uh, and then, you know, depending on, uh, you know, there's like a smaller places like Enopsych, Therapy for Black Girls, Therapy for Black Men. Um, there are some databases that, like those I just mentioned, these three that specifically targets um, black clinicians. Um, if people are are specifically trying to find um, a therapist that looks like them, uh, I will say that uh, you know be, there's not a, a lot of black therapists. So you know I wouldn't I wouldn't deter um, the I would definitely welcome the idea of. Uh, giving a therapist that may not look like you a chance if you are struggling with finding someone that looks like you. Because I've heard a lot of people talk about getting what they need from, uh, you know, maybe a, a, someone that didn't look like them um, and they got them up till so far. And then, um, and then, you know, they needed a little bit more, especially if you're struggling. Um, but those are some, some ways to kind of like search a database and, and get um, the, what you need for uh, looking for a therapist. Right. And it's not as difficult. This is just my opinion. It's not as difficult. I, just because so much, the technology that's there now and the information <clears throat> overload, 
what I love about psychology today, I believe you can even put in what gender yeah. you want. Yeah. Do you want a black woman, black man, white? Yeah. Everything. And look at that picture. I will say though, you know, I think when we're struggling, trying to find someone can be hard because sometimes you're playing phone tag, sometimes you're playing email tag uh, with the clinicians, right? Um, it's not like calling a doctor's office and seeing a doctor. Um, you know, you can go in, you got, you know, you got some kind of like issue, you you speak to anybody for that. Um, it's not you don't need an intimate connection uh with a therapist. Uh, but I, I do know like the beginning stages of searching can feel very challenging. Uh, so go into it understanding that so you're not caught off guard when um, it's a little bit of a wait. Uh, somebody said it's kind of like looking for some new shoes. Sometimes you're going to like different stores until you find the right fit. Uh, so, you know, I do want to like preface that as people are listening to this and on their journey to searching for a therapist. Mm-hmm. I agree about the shoes. You, If you don't find one that doesn't fit, you're not going to walk around barefoot. You're still right. going to look for a shoe that fits. That's a great fit for you. And it's just on how bad you want that shoe, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there's also melanin and mental health. Black girls can heal. There's a lot, you know, even if you go on Instagram and just type in something, you'll see so many therapists. And here's another, I agree with this statement, what Tina said. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I'm with her. Mm -hmm. But to each his own and whatever works for that, whatever shoe works for you, wear it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, as you're uh, searching for, you know, a good fit, um, you know, I would definitely uh, encourage people to uh, think about, uh, you know, some podcasts like this. Right. Um, they have a lot of um, podcasts, too, where therapists like Therapy for Black Girls is one uh, where Dr. Joy has other therapists that come on. Um, there are some other therapy uh, podcast platform, Black Girls Heal is one uh, by Sheena Tubbs. Uh, she's oh, really yeah. good. She, um, yeah, she's really good. And and so like podcast may not be the thing. Maybe YouTube may be your thing or even um, some kind of like support group. Uh, therapy for Black Girls has a sister circle uh, where they do uh, different things um, for like $10 a month. Um, And then she has a a platform on Thursdays for one hour where people can join the Zoom for free, where they can ask questions. So um, I I know there's more than just therapy for black girls. I bring her up because, um, you know, I've been following her for a while. Yeah, Um, she's amazing. Yeah. um, But I I know like there's other platforms that um, are doing similar things. Um, So even if you just do a Google search, uh, black girl support group, uh, you know, through my podcast and my, you know, research, there's a lot of people that are doing different things. So I definitely would encourage you not to like put a pin and, and, and say my healing is on pause because I'm waiting for a therapist. I want you to look at the therapy as one tool that you're, you're utilizing to help work through the stuff that you're struggling with mm-hmm. and not the only, and not the only tool. Right. I love that. Uh, the questions are coming in. We have one from Tina 
is insurance covered for therapists? So, you know, um, when, so I, I've been in private practice since 2015. That's when I recognized that it's hard to get on every panel. Uh, and, and a lot of people in private practice, um, I happen to take a lot of insurances. Um, a lot of people in private practice may only take a few because um, it's just a lot of like nuances to uh, insurance. You know, if I wasn't in private practice, I would have never knew how much nuances there were there are. Um, but and, uh, therapists are covered under insurances and some people may have an out-of-network plan. Um, and what that means is that your insurance will cover you even if the uh, provider is not in, in network. It may be a little bit more money um, just in case you find somebody that you may like and they take out-of-network. You can contact your insurance to find out if you have out-of-network coverage um, and um, still be able to utilize that therapist. Mm. What about sliding scales? Yeah, so um, th- therapists do offer sliding skill. Um, it's something that you can, a lot of times with psychology today, a lot of people's profile has that. Um, and you can always ask. Uh, so, you know, there's private practice and then there's like health centers or hospitals as well. So for people that are connected with the clinic, you can get a referral from your clinic. A lot of times they have in-house uh, therapists that you may be able to utilize uh, so that's another way, too, that you can, um, you know, search for a therapist is asking for your uh, primary care um, clinic to uh, uh, give you a list as well. Um, but, yes, therapists are covered under insurance. I love that you said that because that's how I received my therapy. And then I was turned on that there are different grants in your state or counties that supply therapists and you can have therapy for free or at a true minimal cost, but it's just, it's about doing research. Yeah. It's the, it's the research. Every state is different um, with what they may have. So the same way we be Googling up the stuff that be happening in the shade room, we can Google up some uh, therapy stuff. Um, so it's really about like working on being intentional and thinking about like what what is it that you're trying to achieve. Uh, so it will take a little bit of footwork, um, but I, I do recognize like the disparities, you know, um, with our um, f- the financial barriers. You know, a lot of people say go to therapy, but they don't talk about the financial barriers. Um, even though there's barriers, like I, you know, there are some solutions. So um, I definitely want you to kind of like not give up on that piece. Hmm. I don't know if this was somewhat the same question. Tina wanted to know: Is that considered as mental health for my insurance? Is this a mental problem? So I'm not sure what that means. But um, so uh, insurance has like behavioral health component. Um, so you can call anybody that's listening to this and that has insurance. You can actually contact your insurance to find out what your behavioral health plan looks like. I know during the pandemic, a lot of insurance was actually covering 100% um, of people's like co-payments or if they had a deductible covering that. Um, and I didn't know that. Yeah, a lot. Blue Cross um, was what, actually all of the insurances I took, um, you know, they were covering people's co-pays. So people were not charged co-pays. That was kind of like the answer 
to um, the pandemic. Um, so definitely you can contact your insurance to find out exactly um, what your behavioral health coverage looks like. Um, so you say a mental problem, you don't have to have a diagnosis to like see a therapist. Um, you don't have to have any kind of major illness to see a therapist. You can just see a therapist um, and it's covered under your behavioral health plan. Speaking of that, what are some of the com I hate to say common and normal, but what are some what are some of the common issues or I hate to even sound say issues, but when people <laughs> come to see you, what are some of their their chief issues that they want to see a therapist? You know, so a lot of times like I'm I'm diagnosing people with adjustment disorder. Um I think that with change, right? There's a lot of different changes that are happening in people's lives. I mean, now, you know, recently a lot of things that are happening from the pandemic, anxiety, depression, um, a lot is coming up for people that um, a lot of the people that I've gotten during the pandemic, um, a lot of that was just a lot of past trauma um, that's kind of showing its ugly face um, because a lot of the things that people were doing to kind of cope with life, um, whether knowingly or unknowingly, had, was canceled. Um, and so if you can't go out, even if it's something healthy, right, you're not realizing like, oh, this is a coping mechanism I'm utilizing um, and you're not able to do that anymore. Some of the pain that you may have not acknowledged um, surfaces up because, you know, the body keeps the score um, we hold on to pain. Um, so I think that more often than not, I am helping people kind of connect the dots of um, how like something 20 years ago is connected to what's happening today. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's rare that it's kind of like an isolated new thing that's happening. Um, and even if that's what they think it is, the more I delve into their history, and help them connect the dots, the more that they, they start to recognize um, the struggle that they're having. May I add on to that? I love what you said about connecting the dots. In the first podcast we you and I did together, it was about the body keeps the score. And I think it was in this book about this man who had serious GI issues mm-hmm. and he would be he would just be violently sick when he would go to this certain restaurant as a child and as an adult he was getting sick when he would eat at this restaurant so he decided to go to therapy for whatever reason i don't know but it would come up about his gi issues and how he would become so so violently sick mm-hmm. and come to find out through therapy he went back in the memory banks he was at dinner as a child at that restaurant, and that's where his parents told him that they were getting a divorce. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's so interesting. Like I, I get a lot of revelations in the middle of sessions, uh, and I'm not surprised by it anymore. Um, it's you know when people share their story with me on the first session, I can tell how much work we're going to have to do when people share their story, and there's gaps in memories or they're talking about it as if they're reading somebody else's story, like no emotional connected, connecting to something that very traumatic. I said, oh, okay, this is going to, we're going to be doing some work because 
they definitely were not a part of their pain. They definitely like escaped. Um, and, you know, they did the best they could as a child. And a lot of times, you know, as kids, we escape uh, through like just being somewhere else and not connecting. The ones that are like able to share details, have some kind of emotion to what's happened. I recognize like they're, they're, they're halfway there. Um, because they've been self-aware throughout this time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I just think that um, for people that, you know, are struggling um, now, and um, especially, you know, this is about how to start therapy, um, it, it's, it'd be really good with getting an outsider's, um, you know, mm-hmm. analysis on things you may not be aware of. Because when you're in the picture, you can't see it fully. But I'm, I'm, I always tell people I'm outside so I can clearly see what's taking place. Like yeah. as soon as people talk to me, like my, 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 I know it's only God, but it does something where I'm able to like hold space and I just start dissecting and I have a clear mm-hmm. picture on what's taking place with them emotionally. You're amazing. Mm. Oh, thanks. God's angel. <laughs> I, don't, my, I don't know if my husband think that. <laughs> Tina wants to know, well, I'll let you answer this, but Tina wants to know, are you located in Atlanta? No, I'm actually in Boston, uh, Boston, Mass. Hey, neighbor. I'm from Massachusetts. (laughs) All right, let's go to the next question. Well, so speaking of therapy, what are different types of therapy? So I'm a cognitive behavioral therapist. That's pretty common. Um, And you know, I, I, sometimes people do brief therapy where they do maybe like eight to 10 sessions. Um, some therapists like are only doing like short term where they kind of help you through certain things. And then, you know, they send you on your way. Um, I allow people to um, make their own schedule. Um, they are able to like go into my calendar pick a time that works for them. I don't require people to come weekly or biweekly if that's not something that they feel they need. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, so like I end up seeing people like weekly sometimes at the beginning, then we take a break, you know, and then something happens, we come back, we revisit and we're seeing each other a little bit frequently Um, because I really look at therapy as like one tool to many things that we can do. I really help my client like see their power. Um, So cognitive behavioral therapy just means that um, I believe that a lot, a lot of times our thoughts are faulty um, because of our experiences. Um, and so I help break up some of those faulty thoughts um, and help people kind of clean their lens a little bit to see things clear. Are you an entrepreneur? Do you have questions about insurance and annuities? Are you a new investor and have questions about wealth strategies? Or are you at an age like myself where you're planning retirement saving strategies? If you'd answered yes, then you need to contact Tondaleo Day Financial Services. You know, getting your shift together also includes financial wellness. And Tondaleo Day, who is a seasoned 25-year-plus financial advisor, He is the one for you. His Edward Jones Investments practice provides tailored solutions through an established process to help each of his clients reach their financial investment goals. 
So whether it's a retirement plan for a small business owner, assisting you with preparing for unexpected issues such as life insurance and long-term care, or consolidating your retirement plans, his team delivers upper echelon service, utilizing state-of-the-art tools and resources with a personal touch. Contact Tonda Leo Day at 770-466-0031. That's 770-466-0031 to schedule an appointment in his Loganville, Georgia office. And remember, if you're located outside of Georgia, no worries. You can also reach his financial branch via the web. His website is in the show notes below. Uh, so CBT's one, um, there is Psychodynamic, uh, which def- explores a lot of like unconscious thoughts and um, fears. Um, you know, it's really connected with like for a Freudian approach of people have heard of Freudian. Um, so there's that, there's um, solution focused, there's holistic. I think that even though like I'm a CBT cognitive behavior therapist, I do a, a little mixture of everything um, yeah. where I'm helping people kind of uncover some thoughts and fears. I'm taking a very holistic approach to the yeah. way that I do things. Um, so what you'll find with therapists is that their approach to therapy just kind of looks different across the board. Um, so when you're interviewing, um, because you can't, once you find somebody, you can ask if you can have like a, a free consultation um, and you can like ask questions about their approach. Um, how would they work through certain things? Um, but my approach is definitely very versatile. Um, I, I really do a really good job at meeting people where they are. So therapists won't be offended if you ask. No, no, because we're, because we're human. And so like, you know, um, my style may not work for everyone. Um, and, and I'm okay with that, right? Like, because I recognize like therapy is not a one size fits all. Um, and so definitely like, don't be afraid to offend us by asking um, any questions about how we do things. Um, you know, what's our approach? What's our schooling? Um, you know, that matters. Um, and so, yeah, like definitely um, we're, 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 we make mistakes too, believe it or not. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. Which which therapy do you prefer or is it truly just on the individual basis? But is there your go to modality that you prefer? So CBT, um, I'm heavy on the CBT, um, but I take a lot of holistic, um, you know, a a big holistic approach. You know, I think a little bit of a psychodynamic, you know, with the unconsciousness. I'm really big on um, inner child work. Um, it's not something that I remember uh, talking about in school. Um, it's something that I, you know, have learned about over the years, and I'm really heavy on sharing um, this information with the people I work with. Some people may hear of it as like shadow work. Um, yes. Yeah. So just kind of because that's all the connecting the dots, right? I think with the shadow work or healing your inner child, you can really work on um, gaining control back of your life. Because so many people, you don't feel like you're in control because if I haven't reconciled with what has happened in my past, 
then I'm always gonna feel like it's I'm always gonna feel like a victim. And like for so many people that are adults and feel that way and feel stuck and feel like they can't get out of it, a lot of times it's because of like what has happened in the past. Um, and so our brain does not have concept of time. So if I haven't reconciled with what happened when I was eight years old, then what will happen is I'm 28 years old, a, a familiar feeling happens, right? Or a similar situation happens. And I feel stuck because my brain's like, oh my God, Celeste, you're eight years old again. Like you don't have any control. And that's why like mindfulness is huge because you can actually tell your brain, actually, uh-uh, I'm not eight years old anymore. I got options. I got choices. Um, and so a lot of us don't recognize the power we have. And so when I'm working with people, I'm really big on helping them see their their way out of a lot of situations that they may not have known that was even possible because of like what has happened in their past. Would you agree that an unresolved childhood issue from eight, now you're 28, and now you have an eight-year-old would be the generational psycho, the, the trauma. So it, like, yeah, so you can have a child, like that's another trigger, right? Having an eight-year-old child um, can bring up a lot of pain and a lot, a lot of um, trauma that has gone like unnoticed. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of our people don't realize that, you know, we're not, I'm not, you know, they're, there's a lot of like um, really hard mother daughter relationships um, that exist. Um, and I, I believe it's because a lot of, it's a lot of times, like, you know, as, as black women, we, um, we struggle with taking care of ourselves. We don't feel like it's, it's possible. We haven't seen it done. Um, and then we have children and um, unfortunately like end up um, trying to do better than our parents did, but you know, um, struggling with that emotional piece because of like a lot of unresolved trauma. Right. Wow. May I give you some love from Fallon LaFleur? Good evening, ladies. And someone said that Celeste is so dope. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you all. Thank you, Fallon. And hey, blind guy, his wife, they, she said that they've been listening and enjoying and appreciating all the resources. Oh, good, good, good. So let's see. What should you ask a potential therapist when narrowing down your options? I think we kind of went over that already. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, what I said, and then just, there's no question that's, um, you know, if we feel like you're getting too personal, we would just say it. Uh, so definitely like be okay. It may feel uncomfortable, um, but just be okay. You're about to start a different type of relationship with this person. So it's okay to just put it out there right now. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So what should someone do before their first visit? Any prep work? Uh, so, you know, I think before your first visit, um, I like to, I send people out um, a client information sheet. It gives them some things to like really think about. Um, I like for people to kind of think about what they want to work on. It's not necessary to like have it figured out. Mm -hmm. um, think about like what's been uh, stressing you. If there are any like medical issues that you have going on um, to make sure that you are like writing that out because 
you know, through our sessions, a lot of times, like you start, you talked about earlier, somebody with some kind of stomach issues, a lot of times that's rooted in anxiety. Um, Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people, I would share that I used to have back pains growing up. And as I became an adult, I recognized that like when I'm stressed out and overwhelmed, I feel it in my back. So a lot of people don't even understand that some medical issues that they may be experiencing could be a direct link to some uh, mental health struggles that they may be having. So um, just kind of like taking some time to like really think about anything so that it'll help us as therapists, like help you um, get to the root of the problem. Mm. I'll share this story. I've shared with it on the pod before how the body keeps the score and how it shows up, like you said. So when I was younger, I lived in a very stressful, dysfunctional, toxic home. And I was always, I I was admitted into the hospital three times for stomach issues. And I didn't find out until about 10, 15 years ago, a parent told me that the doctor said there was nothing wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then when I left the state is when all the stomach issues went away. Yeah. Too many of our people, we struggle for so long. Um, and I, and I think that, um, you know, I, that's why I, I keep, I'll come on your podcast and, and do this work is because all those years of in and out of the hospital didn't have to happen. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I think that especially the physical ailments, I'm, I'm big on like talking about that with people, uh, so that they can see like they they do, you know, have some power. I may not feel like it, but they do. Yeah, I challenge anyone listening to challenge yourself. And like Celeste said, you know, it may be a little uncomfortable at first, but how it looks on the other side is so much better. Mm-hmm. Oh, and actually live with that feeling of thriving and joy as opposed to just surviving and just making it as yeah. opposed to living intentional each day. Cause you yeah. set your own path. Yeah. And as you're, as you're doing this like kind of journey, know that it's going to look like this. It's not going to look like a, a straight line up. Um, it's not going to be like, I'm healing. I'm healing. It's going to be like, Oh my gosh, revelation dip. Oh my gosh. You know, you're going to do like this. I think one of the hardest things about um, this process is that you start to learn some things and it, it's hard, it's, it's painful. And um, and it's like, why wouldn't you have tried to escape the pain that you're feeling? Nobody wants to feel pain. Um, but one of the things that I, I talk to people about is like pain is a part of life. Um, there's no way around it. Um, and so just kind of like saying that to yourself so that you can mentally prepare yourself for this journey. Um, I think a lot of times people that talk about this healing work talks about the like good times on the other side. Um, but that in between part is, you know, is, is really challenging. Um, and, you know, the same way, like a doctor would say, like, you know, in the next six weeks, you may feel some pain and blah, blah, blah. So you got the cast on, but you already know the doctor was like, it's going to be a little bit of pain. So you kind of are already prepared for that physically. And I think mentally, a lot of us aren't prepared for it because, you know, I was, I, I felt like therapy was like this fixer and, you know, that was going to be it. Um, and, and so like, 
I always want to um, preface anytime I talk or uh, or when I'm talking about this stuff with like, it's not going to be easy. Um, so that's something that I really, and it's not to deter you away from it, but I just feel like it's, it's better when you know than not know, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I have a question from a listener. Farah, she said, do you recommend sharing your trauma with your children? It's so true. We repeat the abusive cycle without even knowing. Thank you, Farah, for your question. Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, age is important. Uh, Definitely keep an authentic and open dialogue with your kids about um, just that you're human. Um, You know, I didn't know, like, uh, you know, that my mom had emotions. I mean, I don't really see it, but I know now because I'm an adult that she does, whether or not she expresses them or not. Um, I think one of the things that I've done with breaking the cycle is um, I'm very open with my children about um, emotions. You know, they getting on my nerves. I take a, I take a deep breath. My daughter, she hears, uh oh, mommy's frustrated. You know what I mean? Um, so, so she knows that um, that I'm human and that we're gonna feel emotions. There's emotion charts around the house so that they can actually start to express it. Um, Sometimes traumas may be too much for for your child to hear. Um, so, you know, I, it's, I wouldn't say it's like a sit down, like, let me just lay out everything I've gone through. Um, but in conversation, if it's warranted, like if it's if there's some connection that can be made um, where, you know, you can relate to your child. Like if, for instance, um, if you were bullied in, in school and your ch- child is experienced bullying, um, you know, kind of like sharing that with your child so they can see like, okay, you, you kind of get it, you know? Um, but I don't think it's like, like necessary to like sit down and and share it all. Um, if that makes any sense. So what is age appropriate? I mean, it depends on everybody, you know, cause I've been in this field for so long. Um, I've heard some stories that like, I could, like sometimes like I, I'll just never escape. Right. Like um, that, that are that are on my mind. Like I think about these people. Um, So I think some traumas would be too much for a child to hear. Um, Mm. So um, whether they're an adult or not, um, I think, Mm. you know, as you're thinking about um, trying not to allow your child to repeat cycles, like if you want to talk about some of the ways in which you may have like done things one way and wish you had have done it another way. Like that is helpful with not repeating cycles, but I think specific trauma sometimes may be um, too much for some kids or even adults to handle. Um, so just be, be mindful of that and thinking about like, you know, if you do share, just thinking about like, why am I sharing this? Do I feel like this is going to be beneficial to, to my child, um, but prior to doing that. That mm. seems like a double-edged sword because it, when you think with a parent sharing that without being too graphic would help the parent as well in their healing? It could. Um, I wouldn't look to like share with my kid in order to get healing. 
Um, Cause I feel like it should be, um, you know, I think it's my job to like work on myself, um, but not look to my kid to provide that for me. Right. Um, but it does end up happening where, um, you know, there's, there could be a common bond. And I think unfortunately, because cycles sometimes repeat itself, sometimes uh, parents may have gone through some of the trauma that their child's gone through. And unfortunately, a lot of times parents are like hush hush, especially in um, black households. You know, we what we may yeah. not have, though, you know, we don't really talk about it. And, and that's why, you know, um, there's like a, a disconnect, um, you know, in those cases, especially if there's similar trauma and you were able to work through it or you're working through it. Um, it could definitely like benefit your child to to speak on it, but only like if you're comfortable, like don't feel pressure um, mm-hmm. to say something that you're not even ready to say. Um, mm-hmm. That's important. Yeah. We have another question and thank you everyone for your questions and do know if you'd like to come on live right now and ask Celeste a question, there's a link in the description box and I'll see you in the backstage and bring you on. We don't mind. We encourage it. (laughs) And also while you're in the description box, make sure and go to CelesteTheTherapist.com. Check out her website, like, comment, share, go on her Instagram, as well as going to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. Leave us both reviews or recommendations. We would love that. So we have a question from Fallon. I love that name. What state are you in, Celeste? Do you take telehealth patients? And what are your specialty diagnoses that you work in? We kind of went over this earlier, but. So I'm in Massachusetts. Um, I actually only do telehealth. Um, and uh, so from 2016 to 2019, I um, had an office. Um, I, I started a podcast in 2018. So um, it's, you know, did well. And I, I speak a lot now. So um, I actually closed my my actual office space down in the end of 2019. So uh, January 2020, I've been full time in private practice on uh, through online. Um, as far as my specialties, um, depression, anxiety, substance use, bipolar disorders, and um, and uh, um, psychotic disorders. Um, Ooh. Do you know next month, I was very specific. I want to guess that look like us, but have different faces. That Does that make sense? So, you know, the de- look, I hate to say the look, but depression in black people and I found this sister and you all can look her up her name is Tony she's on Instagram and her Instagram is black and bipolar Uh. yeah and she is such a joy to talk to I can't wait to have her on to be in the mind of what she goes through and on her Instagram she'll talk about the voices that she hears Mm -hmm. and that left and right have different voices and they are very specific. I had no idea. And I feel it's so interesting. Yeah. And I, so she probably has like bipolar with some psychotic features. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, bipolar looks different on everyone, um, but she'll tell you uh, when, when you yeah. speak to her, but yeah, it's, it's so interesting. I'm, I'm very, I, I think working at the um, homeless shelter at 19 really opened up my eyes to the different um, the different disorders there are, 
I have mm-hmm. such a, a passion for people that are experiencing like major mental health issues because I feel like people um, they're they're left out of the equation. And I think a lot of times what I've recognized is like whether people are having a psychotic break or um, are are struggling with something major, a lot of times it's connected to um, some unresolved trauma. Um, so a lot, you know, people that work with kids that are therapists, they're like, I don't know how you work with adults. I'm like, I don't know how you work with kids. Um, <laughs> but I think for me, when I see my adult, I see a kid. I see like someone that was born and um, got dealt a bad hand or um, yeah. went through some things. So, you know, I have like a lot of compassion um, for for my people because I recognize like nobody um, nobody wakes up and it enacts you know, to have schizophrenia or to, to be bipolar. Um, Mm. so that's wow. I learned that a lot of us walk around as adults, but wounded children inside and it shows up on how we talk to our children, Mm -hmm. our partners, Mm -hmm. our friends, how it looks in relationships. Ugh. That's what I'm saying at the beginning. It's like if you never knew about letters and you recognize that's why you don't know how to read, the same thing it comes with the mental health, right? Like I feel like if we knew about our emotions, if we knew about reconciling our shadow work, the inner child, all that stuff, um, then we would be able to maneuver through our work situations or our relationships, a heavy topic that people struggle in because they're dealing with so much of their pain, but not able to name it. Um, and so like, there's something powerful when we're able to name our pain and name what we're dealing yes. with. Right. I think that's important. Ooh, that was a heavy hitter right there. Wow. I love that Celeste. So we have another comment from Tina. She says, my mother refuses to accept that her daughters have experienced pain. We need family therapy. Yes. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, um, Tina, I think that um, one of the things about um, what I what I do, because, you know, I, I deal with a lot of people that are struggling with their parent and their lack of acknowledgement for what has happened. Um, and, and so I try to um, learn a little bit about the parent's story and just kind of so there is not so much um, anger that's sitting there. Um, and reminding you, you don't need for that acknowledgement for you to validate your story mm-hmm. um, and recognizing that, um, uh, you know, sometimes the parents did the best that they could with what they had. Um, and I just I just know like that's hard to accept when you haven't been made whole or it feels like you haven't been made whole for what has happened. Um, but, you know, um, I think that working through that, validating yourself reconciling with yourself a lot of the things that we are holding on to is actually not happening right now august 4th 2021 but we um the way we're framing it and um the way it's playing in our head it feels like that's the reason why but that's not really why because you can never go back and change the past you can Mm -hmm. only work on reconciling accepting that acceptance is huge but also it's hard when um when you you feel like you haven't been made whole that's when you make yourself whole that's when you work through your stuff um and 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 that way you don't feel like you're waiting for 
like your your mom to to recognize what has happened um, because you know what happened. Um, and, and I think that's important, but that's a hard thing to kind of work through. Um, so I do want to like say that, like, that's a very hard thing to kind of work through when, um, when the pain, especially in the pain is so great. Oh, it's yeah. It doesn't feel good at all. Tina, I, what I learned in therapy, because I have a similar situation and we can always talk offline, but my therapist made, not made me, my therapist suggested that I look in within myself, like Celeste said, and practice radical acceptance. I never heard of it, but when I did my deep dive in it, and of course going to therapy about it, that was a game changer because I realized that this particular person was not going to change. And like Celeste said, what happened had happened. And it was up to me to move on because they're still going about their life in their own little world, but it was that radical acceptance. So I have one down and one to go. (laughs) But Tina, thank you for being transparent on here because that's a lot. It's heavy. That's heavy. And... Oh my God. Thank you, Farah. She said, Oh, <laughs> oh thank you. <laughs> she, she said, We do this effortlessly. All right. Thank you, Farah. All right. So, you know what? This is a good question, too. What about have you ever worked with anyone where you know it's not a good fit for you? Can a therapist fire? A yeah, client? I have had to. Yeah. What? Well, yeah. Wait. How long? Like, does it go? Like, do you get? No, it it, it's or? a while. You know, um, it's a while, and I think that. Um, well, you know, I think when when I go when I was going to work, feeling anxious, um, seeing this person, um, I knew that I wasn't um, going to work well with this person. Um, and unfortunately this person was borderline. Um, and I, I know, unfortunately borderlines have a really people that are diagnosed with borderline disorder has, has a really bad rap. Um, but it was definitely challenging for me. And, um, so it's only happened twice, uh, once with that and once with couple couples therapy therapy, um, was it it's, both couples or was it one and you said, you know, I'm good or both of you get the hell out the office? Like, you know so no, I, actually, actually, I, I don't have the patience for couples there. It's funny because I love talking about relationships, but I do not have the patience for couples therapy because um, unfortunately, couples wait until like they're at their last straw to see a therapist. Um, I for I highly recommend, you know, like even if things are going like um if if you're, it's a little bit rocky, like start looking for somebody. Don't wait till it's the ultimatum. And if you don't see a therapist, then we're done. And it's just like, <laughs> um, but no, I, I think I had, uh, you know, the, it's hard when you are not in therapy yourself and you're going trying to fix something where a lot of that has to do with your stuff. And so I would have uh, one of the parties, uh, walk out a lot in the middle of the session and slam doors and then 
call me after and say sorry. And it was just too many of those where I was like, I can't do this no more. <laughs> and I had to stop. So yeah, I definitely like I'm mindful of like, I'm frustrated with you. I know I'm not going to be able to keep going. Um, and so, yes, therapists can let a client go. Was it a clean break or did it feel like a, like a, that part, they they understood. Um, oh, good. Yeah, um, you know, they understood. Um, so, yeah, and I think therapists, you know, hope. I mean, we're human, right? But hopefully, uh, we are self aware enough to know what works for us and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm a very assertive, clear communicator. Uh, so for me, it was easy for me to just say what. I was feeling and why I couldn't work with this person or these people and, and give them referrals to other resources. I don't think I'm captain save like the world. Um, I, I recognize like I can't do it with everyone and, and I'm okay with that. Like that's okay. Right. Uh-huh. So what's your, your, um, your opinion about medication? Uh, so I, you know, I think medication should uh, definitely be a last resort. I've, I have clients who have um, done really well with um, adding like a, a, a medication regimen to their cycle. Um, I struggle when people go to the doctor and are struggling. And instead of figuring out like, is this an adjustment thing? Is something happening? They'll just say, here, take this pill. And so like, I think I, I struggle with America and how they are just treating the symptoms and not getting to the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I'm not someone that's against medicine regimen. Um, but I do think that, um, we have to educate people that it's, it's one piece of what needs to happen. You still got to do the work. Um, mm-hmm. I think the medicine sometimes helps people like, um, with some of the anxiety or some of the depressive symptoms that may be holding them back from starting their journey. Um, mm-hmm. and I've seen people do really well, um, with adding that to their routine with me. So. That's kind of like my take on on that. Can you explain to the viewers what kind of medication or what medication is used for? Yeah. So um, so and also with therapists, we're um, well, so I'm a um, I'm a master's level clinician um, for master's. So I have a master's. So I'm a mental health therapist with the master's. Um, They have psychologists with the Ph.D., but anybody that's prescribing medication has an MD or um, and uh, nurse practitioners as well can assign uh, medication. Um, I didn't know that. Bless you. I didn't know that. Hmm. Um, so they, they do have um, prescribing um, nurse practitioners. Uh, so medication can be used to treat uh, depression, anxiety, Um they have uh, like as needed medication, where some people will take a medication as needed, meaning like there's something stressful happening, they're, they're anxious, and it's actually, it's called like a PRN. Um, but then they have medicines that people take on a regular regimen, where they may take once a day or twice a day um, to kind of help. Some people start it and it helps them like kind of get the strength they need to like muster through some of the work that we're doing and then they choose to get off. Um, and some people swear by it and continue with the regimen. Um, and so it's, you know, uh, 
services are not a one size fits all. So definitely like be okay with talking to your doctor. Um, if you do get prescribed something and it doesn't work and, you know, like be okay with saying like, this isn't working. Um, right. They're practicing doctors, right? So their goal is to try to like alleviate the pain as quick as possible. Um, and they don't know if you don't tell them. So like mm-hmm. when you're in your doctor's office, it's your time, write down, you know, the symptoms, write down the things that are going on as you're like taking this medication uh, so that you can be clear with your prescriber on what's taking place. Mm. So when you do go to your therapist, you've had your first appointment and it's a good fit. How safe is the information that your client shares with or any client shares with their therapist? So it's very safe. Um, you know, there's um, confidentiality that we kind of swear by. Um, the only time that um, I, I have to like say something is if um, you are harmed to yourself or someone else. Um, you know, I think one of the things uh, that happens where I worked in the emergency room and I would people would come in, their therapist would send them to the emergency room because they were suicidal. Um, one of the things that can be a, a nuance or a difference is like you could be suicidal, um, which happens a, a lot of people feel like they don't want to be here anymore. But then if there's a plan, right? So being suicidal with a plan, now that takes it to another level. Um, so I do, you know, when, I, when I'm talking to people, if they were to have a plan and they say, yeah, like I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, I can see, you know, then I ha- I'm a mandated reporter. Um, if they are um, harming children, um, if they're saying something that they've done, um, abused a child, um, it's not, it's not the spankings. It's not like, I don't be calling nobody on no spankings, but, um, you know, if, if it was something, um, you know, harmful or, um, they were going to hurt someone else. So, um, those are some of the nuance. Those are some of the things where we would have to kind of say something, but outside of that, um, mm-hmm. we, everything is confidential. So when you say that you are a mandated reporter, who would you report? said information to uh it depends um so anything you know with the kids uh the state um you know um, and then um if there was some harm i was worried about um whether they were going to harm themselves or someone else um i would uh, have to call like 911 right Mm -hmm. fallon i didn't know fallon is a nurse practitioner. Yeah. Speaking of that, she said, shout out to my fellow nurse practitioners. Yes, mostly psychiatric mental health. Yeah. Uh, adult NPs, family NPs, women's, wow. Prescribed medications for mental health symptoms and conditions. I just learned that. T- I was today years old when I found mm-hmm. that out. Yeah. There's some really good NPs. Um, you know, they, uh, the psychiatric, they, they have, and she can probably explain it better, but they um, do the psychiatric courses. Um, and when I was working in the shelter, um, a lot of my clients like had some really, I found them to be more helpful than the psychiatrist. Like, Why? I feel like they took one, I don't know, but I mean, they, they were nurses first. I feel like nurses have, have a lot of like bedside manners and it's different. Um, 
you know, the psychiatrists, they, I feel like they didn't, they, they didn't take as much time. This is just my personal, if there's right. a psychiatrist listening, I'm not trying to knock you. I'm just saying from <laughs> what I've seen, uh, the NPs were a lot, were, um, took a little bit more time, but I just think it's probably the way that the schooling, the, the way the nurses went to school is different. <laughs> It, look, and this is her stamp uh, on it. It's the, it's the nurses. nurses yeah, like, it's just different. It hits different when they work with my clients. When they was working with them, it was like, dang, yo, this is dope. Like, I didn't get this from the psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start wrapping up. Do you have time for a few more questions? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> All right. So what should a relationship with your therapist look? What should it be like? You should feel comfortable. I'm not saying you got to be like airing everything out on day one. Um, but, you know, with me, I think most people do because as soon as we start talking, they feel very comfortable. Um, I've been working with people for so long. I can read people. I can know like how far to push and not push, um, you know, over like two or three sessions. If you're not feeling comfortable, if you're not feeling safe, um, it's okay to end, end the session and say, I mean, end the, your time with the therapist and say, like, I, I've given it a try. Um, like, that's okay. Um, so, like, definitely feel, you definitely got to feel safe um, and that you are getting something out of it. If you're not getting something out of therapy, some people be like, I just kept going because they said therapy works. <laughs> and uh, I encourage you to tell your uh, therapist, right? Like, hey, like, I want you to push me a little bit more or I'm feeling like I need some more tools or I want to get something when I leave my session, whatever you feel like you need. If you don't know what you need and feel like you're not getting what you need, say that like it's well, okay to speak up. Yeah, that, that would, that would be my question. Like, how do you know what to ask for? Right. So, so if you don't know what to ask for, but feel like nothing's changing, um, it's okay to uh, speak up and say that. I don't feel like things are changing. And then the therapist can work with you and, and figure out, is my approach a good fit or do I need to tweak it a little bit? Um, so you don't have to have the answers as to why it's not working, but be transparent and authentic because it's your time, right? Okay. Like it's, it's your time. And so like, that's okay. I I can feel when things aren't working out or when my approach, it, people are struggling. And what does that, that look like? Um, it looks like, you know, I have some people that are very guarded. Um, and, um, and so for me, um, I'll just come out and say it. Like, I'll just come out and say, hey, like, does, how, how is this working? Or does this, how does this feel? Um, or what are you feeling right now? Like, I just call it out in the middle of a session. Like, I'm all, that's that. That's how I am. Like, I'll just say what, what's happening or what I'm thinking. Um, and it helps, like, break the ice. Because I'm talking about, like, sometimes the elephant in the room. Um, my engineer client, like, people, people that are engineers, um, not everyone um, are are like this, but they, they have, they, they sometimes struggle with like the cognitive approach. They need very tangible, like, like tools. And I'm, I'm so cognitive. I have to like take a step back and then remember like, okay, I need to give them some more like kind of concrete things or I need to like spell it out for them in a different way. Um, so I just think that sometimes therapists may miss that. They may miss 
like the look on your face. So they may miss that. You completely miss that. Um, yeah. I'm laughing because when you said engineers, I was about to put, and I'm going to put him on here. Speaking of engineers, look who said hello. Oh, <laughs> hey, Derek. <laughs> Derek's a different kind of engineer. You don't see engineers doing what he's doing, but I think Relationship his brain, gumbo. Yeah, his brain definitely, um, He, you know, the way he masterminds the things that he does, that's the engineer in him. Um, and he but he has a that. lot of, yeah, <laughs> but he has a lot of like, so a lot of his social stuff, sometimes engineers struggle with the, the social stuff that he's able to do. Like he's definitely different. <laughs> <laughs> and just as a side note, how I found out, wait, did I, I found out about Derek who is on a relationship gumbo podcast via Celeste. <laughs> That's when I first heard about him. And then I went and did, did a deep dive on him. And then he's been on and he, he's a real cool guy. And he's mm -hmm. a NASA engineer, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. He's super smart. <laughs> yes. He's my uh, black IT guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's super Derek, smart. How do I do such and such? All right. <laughs> <laughs> so wrapping it up. What is what happens when it's time to stop seeing your therapist? Uh, I think that when you're going and sometimes I, I tell the people like, you know, it seems like things are going well. Um, you know, we can, uh, especially if people are like on a weekly or biweekly regiment. <coughs> um, I think sometimes people get used to, you know, just they feel like safe with me or they feel like. I can only answer this with you. Like I really help them like take a step back and remind them of, mm -hmm. of like their capabilities. So um, when you feel like, you know, like you're doing okay and you're managing, um, that's okay. <laughs> I love it. You for having me. Thank you for continuing to be for, you know, the culture and pushing, um, your passion, um, you know, forward with this platform and everything else that you're doing. Um, I think it's amazing. Um, I think there's power in community and, um, and you provide that, um, with the different, so many different topics, um, that you allow on here so that people can really like learn. Like a lot of times with these podcasts, it's that people's entryway into, um, really understanding something. So, um, thank you. And for people listening, have grace with yourself. I like to say that all the time as you're navigating life, you know, life doesn't come with the book. Um, but one of the things that um, I'll leave you with is what Will Smith said one time was like, you know, you, you, the, pay attention to the joy in the moments because you, you keep adding those up, you end up having a good life. Um, and I mm. think a lot of times we end up um, so engulfed in our pain that we don't see the sun, we don't see the roses. Um, so definitely try to pay attention to the good things that are happening and and um, and and yeah. celebrate those moments. I'm not saying that they're all good, um, but try to work on like reframing your your mind um, so that you can actually like point out and see like you deserve you deserve that. Like we deserve joy. Yeah. Um, and so don't even if you've never been told it. Right. Like so you got to sometimes you got to believe in somebody else's like belief in you before yours kick in. So like you deserve joy, you deserve peace, despite what has happened. 
Um, so yeah, I would just leave people with that. And thank you so much for um, having me on today. Thank you for coming on. I hope that this isn't the last time. I won't. No, of course any- not. <laughs> I'll put on. I'll adjust the bifocals better. <laughs> <laughs> but I do really, I really do appreciate when you come on because you, uh, you have so many gems when you come on. I love your podcast. I love when you and Jeff come on. You just, you know how to pick them. So, <laughs> um, how can people find you? Go to celestetherapist.com. You can find like all of my um, social media platforms. I'm on all social media platforms at Celeste Therapist. Um, yeah, that's how you can find me. Thank you. Can you uh, tell everybody qu- briefly? Oh, thank you, Fallon. She's thank like, this you. This was so good. Can you tell everyone about shifting the way you think? Yeah, book? so I have a um, I have a guided journal called 365 Days of... Thank you, I always forget... <laughs> Um, I have a guided journal called 365 Days of Intentional Living. Um, every day in the journal, I'm asking, um, I'm trying to see if I have one. Every day in the journal, I'm asking you a new question um, to help you kind of break up some of those thoughts. I'm asking you how you're feeling. Um, and, you know, that uh, derived from me just coming online and, uh, you know, talking about mental health and telling people to start writing. I would be like, just write down how you're feeling. You know, when I was a teenager, I remember I had a journal and I didn't realize like how much, how therapeutic that was for me. But I do remember when I would write, I would feel better for that moment. Uh, and so like, I, I recognized that. And so I created this guided journal. Um, and then I also created a book called Relationship Goals. It's a guide to a healthy relationship. Um, because I recognize like people don't understand the fundamentals of like relationship. Everybody wants it, but everybody doesn't understand um, about the work that has to happen. Um, and so like you could find that on my uh, website, celestetherapist.com um, slash shop. I love it. I love it. Well, we are having people come in and thank you, Rolando, for the comment. He said, amazing live stream. This is one of my favorite podcasters, Erica. Love her. She's associated with Derek as well. That's how I found out about her. She has an amazing, but she says she'll have to go back and watch from the beginning. Yes, Erica, please just um, ignore an hour, 10 minutes in. I have a lot of editing to do. So um, other than that, you all, if you have any questions, definitely you can reach out to myself at blackgirlsgettingtheirshifttogether.com for coaching packages, for merch, digital products, as well as celestetherapist.com. You all have a great evening. Thank Thank you you. again, Celeste. Thank you. for joining me on this episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. If anything you heard today made your soul vibrate, please like, comment, and share this episode with two of your friends. Thank you and I love you all. Just for the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and booty walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Re-
twist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Crunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you God's gift to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti. Black girl magic, melanin popping. Whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog. 2020 has proved that we must be prepared for the unexpected, which is why you should contact an Edward Jones financial advisor like Tom DeLeo Day. Contact him at 770-466-0031 to schedule an appointment. Tell him Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together sent you.